To a degree, we're in the chaos business. The thing that separates people is their willingness to outwork anybody else. What is up, futurists? It's Michael Sakand here, founder and creator of Our Future, the go-to podcast and media brand for you, the young business leader to unlock your future. And today, I'm super hyped to be dropping another episode all about the business of sports with Mr. Matt Goodman. He is the chief operating officer, COO, of the New York City Football Club. That's M-Y-C-F-C. It's the Big Apples pro soccer team competing in the MLS Major League Soccer. Matt has had an insane career in sports. Now he's in soccer, but he started out in all the other leagues. So let me give you the rundown. He most recently was responsible for account management for both the WNBA and the NBA G League, and he served as the NBA League Liaison for the Brooklyn Nets, Dallas Mavs, Detroit Pistons, Lakers, and the Grizzlies. Before joining the NBA, he was VP of Corporate Partnerships with the Cleveland Browns. And before I kick this one off, we are doing a giveaway of a super cool New York City Football Club jersey, size large, it's gorgeous, it feels great, I already have my hands on it. And we're also giving away a New York City Football Club hat. So those both come together, the jersey and the hat, so wait till the end of this podcast for directions. I looked through your bio, obviously done my homework and it's insane. All the different sports and leagues you've been involved with. Like it's so diverse. And it's interesting to me, like you, you've you had all this time in the more developed sports. And now like, I feel like we felt the ceilings of the other, you know, big sports, but not soccer. I was very fortunate to sit down with Adam Silver before I left the league. And, you know, and he was able to contextualize this really well in, in that. You know, you look at the NBA at 75 years, you look at Major League Baseball at 125 years, you look at the at, at the NFL at 100 years, and he's like, and the MLS, he's like, they're a 25-year-old league, and they've grown franchise valuations 10x twice in 25 years with no real TV deal and no, you know, homegrown superstars to speak of. So, like, he's like, I, I, I get where you're coming from. We can see that that trajectory of of the MLS. Can, can we get to the why of why soccer has caught on domestically more so in recent years? I know the the women have crushed it, and uh, you know soccer's always been a, a strong youth sport. Like, why do we see why do we see it? This is the perfect moment for soccer to kind of take off in the U.S. Like, what kind of moments have defined that? Ninety six was the first big moment, right? Like that that goes without saying. And, and I think 26 is a big moment to come. But I think, you know, like when you think about big moments, Mike, like there's no denying the fact that being able to attract international known star power to the MLS has been helpful. Mm -hmm. Like it certainly does help the process. Like David Beckham to, to Galaxy all those years yeah, ago. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and whether it's Henri, whether it's Dan, whether it's Wayne Rooney, da, 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 da. Uh, you know, whether our own club, right, with guys like Via, et cetera, like now you have that. And then you have the MLS's strategy around making sure that you have soccer specific venues in their in the process. Right. Soccer specific, like the venue is as critically important to the experience. Mm -hmm. as, and we've seen that in cities like, you know, like LAFC is a great example. When you look at a mature sports market, you know, top four in the country and and by virtue of getting their own building, it is a irreplicable experience. And my family, like half my family's from the UK and Wembley commands such an important place in the cultural consciousness of that entire country, of this physical space. 
and it really is important. So, you know, you've touched on a lot of things already in this early conversation, Matt. You even touched on the youth side of things and your position as chief operating officer of MYCFC has such a diverse slate of priorities and areas of focus. And you touched on the youth element. There's also ticket sales and growing profitability. So I suppose I'd like to ask, what do you believe it means to be a chief operating officer in sports? And what does it uniquely mean to the New York City Football Club? First and foremost, what type of experience are we, are we giving to our members? Right. And, and again, I, I'm saying all of this, like in the vein of like, I'm just like, I'm choosing to block out this last season um, that, you know, that unfortunately we had, that was, you know, kind of a, a fanless experience. Right. But, you know, in the absence of that, Hey, we got to figure out how to create great long-term relationships with our members. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about Wembley, it's like, you know, you've got, you've got venues that are, that are a hundred years old, mm-hmm. you know, like, is that's material we don't have that here so we have to build relationships with our members we have to show them the value of what it means to be a member of our club we get the opportunity and benefit of doing it in the you know in the biggest media market in the country whether that's merchandise whether that's fan experience whether it's partnership whether it's fan engagement digital social how we're building content you know the way in which we're identifying and nurturing leads you know to sell tickets or renew customers you know, building platforms that make sense for, you know, to engage the youth soccer community of the tri-state area, right, which is obviously a huge opportunity, you know, for us, both from our youth programs perspective, actively playing the game mm-hmm. and becoming fans of our club. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, at some companies, you know, COO means second in command. At, at other companies, there's a more kind of specific list of priorities to do and, and really is just from what you said is really such a broad role. And it's really interesting, certainly, to hear about. So when COVID hit, I mean, you guys must have been really caught off guard when you realized what was happening. What was it like in those early days of when this virus hit? You don't, you can't prepare for this kind of thing, right? Like, you you can't. Now, what you what you can prepare for is is chaos, right? Because to a degree, we're in the chaos business, you know. (laughs) the live events business and it's a high profile you know and it's high profile right whether it's whether it's the nba nfl mls whoever like we're in the pro sports business but i would say the reason that i think we were successful it is first and i I was recently made aware of this so so i i i and i haven't fact checked it so i think winston churchill was the person that said like don't let a good crisis pass you by Mm -hmm. right because that's the opportunity to really see what we're made of and at the time that this happened, you know, there was a there was a number of us, you know, I mean, myself, our, you know, Brad, our CEO was just finishing his first year. Our head of marketing was a couple of months in. Like we had enough new people where we didn't have institutional knowledge of things that we had done historically. So we didn't have that to fall back on or think about. It was just like, all right, what do we have to do? Right. We got to talk to our members. We got to talk to our partners. We got to think quickly and immediately about how we pivot anything we put out in terms of content to keep people engaged because we don't know how long it's going to go. It was like the 89th minute of our match and we were we were nil-nil against Tigress when I get an alert on my phone and look down and it was announced that Adam Silver postponed the NBA season. Crazy. I look up, Tigress scores a goal. But I show I look at Brad and I'm like, Adam just Adam just pulled the plug on the NBA season. Like we got to get ready. Like right yeah. now. Yeah. So you did you did you work with Eric Hutcherson at all at the NBA? 
I did. I was lucky enough to bring him on the podcast in June when they were planning the bubble. And what really impressed me by what Eric said is the way the NBA was looking at the crisis as a silver lining. How can we be better? How can we use this opportunity to to launch new things into the world? And, you know, a lot of sports leagues, they'll just, you know, take a sponsor, plaster their logo on some jerseys, throw them in the, the TV deals and whatnot. But with you guys, it was a creative partnership wherein uh, Heineken and NYSCF and New York City Football Club were supporting like small bars, small businesses and doing like a fun, creative campaign. So can you speak to working with brands in a way that it involves fans instead of just making them passive observers of that brand's logo? That's what we have to do. You know, when we, because, uh, because of what I said earlier in terms of where we, where we are in the landscape of New York City, you know, in the age of our club versus the other teams, we have to be a bit more of that challenger brand. And, and we, don't have the, we don't have the same benefit of notoriety and recognition that the other teams have where they can say, you know, they can command a, they can command a you know, a, uh, a material difference in terms of fee for, for placement. Like we have to be better, smarter, more nimble and more engaging and be able to return for our partners. You know, so whether that's MasterCard and the City Assist, whether that's Heineken and the Pub Partner Program, like we have to be able to take our partners and activate them in the local market. I love right? it. But take them directly to, you know, to the, and again, like even before all of this that we're dealing with today, you know, the notion of the small business is, you know, is critically important to the American, you know, certainly was before and obviously is, has just been magnified now. And, and, and that in relation to New York city, you know, that, I mean, it's the backbone of this city. Right. And especially with, uh, you know, the whole outdoor dining thing, the Cuomo order, it's been really tough on New York community and the local New York City area is very important to New York City Football Club. I mean, you look at Dave Portnoy, right, who just put together those loans for small businesses to help them during these tough times. A lot of bars, a lot of restaurants. I see you guys uh, on the same vein as that. And your recent partnership uh, with with MasterCard is helping small businesses as well. So why do you think it's important for a sports team to assist the local businesses that define the very community that you live and breathe within? Our crew has heard me say this an endless number of times. Like we, we at our core are a community asset. You know, what like the goal of NYCFC is to empower better lives through soccer. So when you talk about how, how we take a small business initiative to our marketplace, especially in a city that's built on the back of delivery people, bodegas, you know, like the, the local shop, like this is, you know, it's like, that's what New York City is. Right. So it's magic. Take that opportunity to bring, you know, to bring corporate America directly to those folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, really love the creative partnerships that you guys are spearheading. Uh, I also want to touch on esports. Uh, Chris Holly just crushed it. I believe that he came out with a big win uh, just this past weekend in the League One series. And I mean, has your attention to and the league's attention to esports increased in light of COVID uh, due to kind of the digital paradigm? Uh, or do you believe this thing was this thing was already set to, to blow up before this all happened? And it's going to be an increasing share of the attention towards any kind of sports. I would say yes to all of it. I, you know, yes, yes, it was an, it was already an, an increased focus both for us and for the league. I think 
this, you know, the, the pandemic situation certainly brought it even, even further to the forefront. Um, I do think it's, it's poised to, you know, to see step change, you know, but again, like it, it's one of those things, you know, the, the, the challenge between e-gaming from a sports perspective versus like a first player perspective, you know, is, is materially different. You know, that's why we see the, we, we see the League of Legends or Call of Duties, et cetera. Like they, they just, they are at a different level than, you know, than EMLS or NBA 2K. It's just a function of, of what people are used to, what brands are used to. Mm-hmm. And so I do think, you know, all of this has happened in like three years. Yeah. It's amazing so, to see sports blow up. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think they're, you know, the, the games will continue to get more real. The teams will continue to get smarter. The players will start, will continue to get better. You know, and we'll see better ways in terms of brand integration. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it'll still take a little bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's awesome. I mean, you have two like esports athletes, like these people represent New York City Football Club. It's very complimentary. That's what I love about it. It's not diverting focus. It's 100 percent complimentary to the core business. What's your advice to a young person who, who wants to work in sports? And as you look back on your career in so many different leagues in sports, it's it's still a really competitive industry and it's still predicated on emotional intelligence, a, a factor of hustle, a willingness to do the, the gritty, grimy stuff, you know? And so I think, you know, while our business has gotten smarter broadly, you know, the proliferation of the use of, of data analytics and insight on the business side, not just the sports side, right? Has made everybody an order of magnitude better because we can be more intelligent in terms of how we focus, what our lead you know, what our, our, our lead campaigns look like, how we, how we understand who the best partner prospects can be and how to tailor our, our presentation to that and, and how that cuts across every part of our business. At the end of the day, the thing that separates people is their willingness to outwork anybody else that is in the same consideration set as, as mm-hmm. the rest. And this could be just me being like an old soul, but I'm like, the person that's willing to say, I'm going to come in earlier and I'm going to stay later and I'm going to make more calls, send more emails, network better, right? And just wants to be a sponge. I'm going to take a little bit more of a chance on than the person that's like, you know, that I, I knew a guy and I've, I, I worked for this for however long, you know, and has a little bit more of an, you know, like, I, I don't mind confidence, but there's a fine line between confidence and, you know, something different. It's businesses like sports. It's the same with a player showing up earlier yeah. to practice yeah. and leaving later, right? And it, yeah. it's interesting. Being a, student, being a student of the game is, is hugely mm-hmm. important. So when you get back to the question, like, what do you do to, to set yourself apart? You know, like, I remember when I was finished, you know, it's like the notion of having a $200 membership to a trade publication was like, what am I supposed to get $200? And, and all I would say is like, some of the best advice I ever got was, was invest in yourself. Right. Like if you're going to spend money on stuff, spend money on the things that like if you could spend a couple hundred dollars on a trade publication so that you can read it on a regular basis so that you're informed as to what's happening across all leagues, across all teams in any area of the business. That immediately sets you apart from from a traditional person coming out of school. Consuming great content. You got to consume. And all of that's free nowadays, like that industry publication 
nowadays with Google, like the, the Matt Goodman of today could put that together through his own research and, and find those opportunities. And an understanding about how to be a great storyteller. That, that, like, that is so important and I think is lost on a great number of people who just see sports and that like, oh, I just, I wanna work in sports. You gotta be a great storyteller. Ladies and gentlemen, you just learned from sports business vet, Matt Goodman, COO of New York City Football Club about the business of pro soccer. We are giving away a New York City Football Club jersey and a hat out to one of you lucky listeners. So all you have to do is subscribe to our Futures email newsletter in the next 24 hours and winners will be announced on Wednesday. So how do you do this? You can click the link in the description of this podcast to subscribe or visit ourfuturehq.com slash newsletter. That is ourfuturehq.com slash newsletter, all lowercase, to enter your email and be considered for this sweet giveaway. Hope you guys really enjoyed today's interview on sports business and I'm reminding you again and again to stay frosty. Peace out, everybody.